Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, welcome to Live, Love, Thrive, Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360karma.com. We hope you are joining us for the empowerment conversation on uh, our Facebook, 360karma, and also following us, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at my360karma. Today, we have on the extraordinary Dr. Hilary Smith. We're going to be talking about preventive health care and how you can implement that into your life. Please give a warm welcome to Hilary Smith. Hi, Dr. Hilary. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Good, good. It's a fascinating uh, thing that you're doing integrating Eastern and Western medicine, and we're going to talk about you know, the fact that you originally were a chiropractor right. and then you got into holistic health I still healthcare. am a chiropractor. I'm still are, yeah. yeah. And then you combine the two. And uh, that's a very interesting path that you've taken. First, I want to talk about, as with everyone I uh, have on the show, we always talk about, you know, what was your journey to where you are today? And right. so I know you, uh, you shared with me um, your background of you know, that your parents had divorced uh, before you were even one years old. Yes. And and let's talk about, you know, your journey as, as a child. W- where did you grow up? In Los Angeles. Los Angelino. Yeah. Have you ever lived outside of L.A.? Or? Just in San Francisco for a short period of time and yeah. in uh, Lake County, which I think is now the meth capital of the world. Oh, lovely. But um, <laughs> I wasn't there for that reason. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe I, I could have stayed, but I came back. Yeah. So, so, so I was born here, but maybe I won't. Maybe I'll go somewhere before the end. Yeah, just to try something. Yeah, different. we never know. Yeah, we never yeah. know. So uh, you kind of grew up with your mom uh, since they were divorced. Yeah, I lived with my mom. Lived but with my your mom. dad was yeah. a part of my life. Oh, I don't want to negate that. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And um, growing up with a um, in, in a divorced household is such a common thing. So many people of our our listeners, you know, during our baby boomer stage, was be, it seemed like that was when there was also a boom in divorces. Like fifty percent of families ended in divorce, and so it, it's pretty common. But uh, now, but when yeah. I was little, oh, it, it wasn't. Oh, no, it wasn't. No. Oh, we were shunned by some people really how interesting because it's so common today i know right i'm ahead of my time (laughs) cutting edge uh so uh and you said that uh your mom it was always like challenging that she wasn't like warm and fuzzy but uh but she was high strung high strung okay Yeah. Yeah. yeah and how did that affect you like how was that you know growing up with this challenging divorce and and how was that you know, I, I have nothing to compare it to. Yeah. So it's a little bit difficult, but I think that um, my mother was, you know, high strung, 
was called Milltown Moms then, Mother's right. Little Helper. And your brother, My brother you said... ultimately was diagnosed with schizophrenia. But wow. he was a heroin addict in high oh. school. In fact, at my high school reunion, every person said to me, I got high with your brother. You oh know, my gosh. That was the motto. Wow. Um, so he was, you know, had his own challenges. Right. And so you had a challenging childhood. Because I was gentle and they were yeah. more aggressive. Yeah. 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 So I think that impacts you in a way that you become more empathetic, a caregiver. Right. Um, try to make peace. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So you you called it at uh, one time people pleaser. So kind of you right. Know, to you don't want to tick off the yeah. um, fiery people. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people identify with this type of story um, because you're either like your parent or you try to be the opposite. You know, I know. Yeah. There are so many comparisons I can think of for my own self that I say, oh, I want it to be like them in this way, and I didn't want to be like them in this way. Right. But, but with, you know, with the divorce, growing up with your mom, having your brother that had the schizophrenia and the drug problems, right. um, it was a challenging childhood. What did you take away from that childhood that you brought to the table today, later in life, that actually has helped you? I think being self-reliant. Mm -hmm. I think being open to change. Mm -hmm. Resilient. Resilient. Yeah. Um, I think understanding uh, people that aren't uh, typical. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? And um, I think it makes you kinder when you've been around people that have had their own challenges. Right. So you understand people more. Yeah. You know, you. I see uh, someone walking down the street who other people might think, oh, he's crazy, I'm afraid of him, mm -hmm. he's talking to himself. Right. But I'm like, hey, if it was, that could have been my brother. I right. Am, I understand that. Right. So, so you've um, more I'm not going to say I'm not judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> but, Everybody is to a degree. But I but, think yeah. um, maybe it makes you a little more accepting. I, I'm not sure. Like I said, I have nothing to compare it to. So right. I don't know how it would have been. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and you had shared uh, when you were in your teens, like maybe 15, your your mom just left one day and then... Up and left. Yeah. Up and Before post-it notes or maybe yeah. she would have left one. <laughs> no note or anything. Yeah. And, um, and how do you feel about that today, all these years later? Does that still affect you or have you put that in a different place or and I ask you this because you know there may be other listeners that are saying you know oh my mom did that and and here's how I dealt with it yeah. well I feel now that I'm older mm -hmm. and that I have a grown son so mm -hmm. I understand motherhood and I realize her limitations and what it must have been like mm -hmm. in that time um, with her not having great coping skills and then a challenging son. Mm -hmm. um, I have a lot more compassion for her, mm -hmm. but I don't say that it's okay to do that. Right. You know? Right. But I think um, I, so my brother and I then lived with my father for the first time. Right. And my brother was already really into drugs. So that was a, just like wow that was such a shift and my right. poor dad like I really looking back I so appreciate it what what was on his plate 
Right. Um, and he took you all back in. and Right. He had to yeah. move here and get an apartment and yeah. live with teenagers, and he had never actually lived with children. What I'd like to know is with everything you just told me about being a mom yourself, how did you do things differently? Well, I so appreciate my son. Yeah. You know, my, my mother always said she sacrificed her life for us. Maybe that was an older thing people say. Yeah. But I feel like my son has given me so much, you know, to learn. So it's um, I would never think that I did something for him. I would say that he did something for me. Isn't that interesting? I hope he's watching this. Yeah, so. isn't that interesting? Yeah. You know, um, so what I'm what I'm gathering from all this, and the reason I wanted to have this conversation, uh -huh. is it sounds like with all you went through that was very challenging, it actually made you a better mother. In the long run, it it sounds like you know. Well, I didn't have a role model. Yeah. So you are charting new. Um, you're navigating something new. Yeah. And I heard stuff come out of my mouth. Yeah. You know, as a mother, I'm like, oh, no, did you? No, you didn't. Yeah. But you two, you and him are very close. Yeah. Yeah. We're close. Yeah. 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 He's a good guy. But um, it sounds like you, you reinvented it. Uh, you know, you have to do it on your own terms because yeah. you 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 don't want to be like your mother. Right. And that's what I mean. So many yeah. times we look at our parents and we either want to be just like them or we want to make sure we are not like them. And either can be a positive thing. It could be like if they were really great, you know, hey, let's emulate it. But if they weren't the perfect parent, hey, let's and reinvent nobody is the it. Perfect parent. Nobody's the perfect parent. Yeah. But, uh, you know, you, but you know what I mean? Yeah, if it yeah. was uh, more positive uh, or more negative or more um, nurturing, I think that was it. Yeah. I, I was kind of raised by wolves. You know, that's what I, yeah. I think. <laughs> since my parents aren't watching this because yeah. they both passed away. I, right. I can say that. Speaking of that. So you actually helped your mom in the long run uh, because she developed cancer. You found her uh, in a park or something you said my mother point. was uh, living this is an interesting in story West hollywood yeah and um she was sitting on a bench with money kind of out of her pocket yeah. she didn't have a lot of money so yeah. and so there was um like a jewish family services there on fairfax and then they called me so my mother had was pretty deep into dementia Mm. when she found a lump in her own breast that was very large. Mm -hmm. And so um, that was just, it was a tough time because she uh -huh. wasn't able to make her own decisions. But I wasn't in the position to take care of her. I had just graduated chiropractic college. I didn't really have money to take care of her, and I mm -hmm. was launching my career. So she had to have a mastectomy. Now I wish, of course, I knew more. What you knew now. What did she really have? Was it really cancer? You know. Yeah. So that was so traumatic, and a surgery, especially that was um, in the 1980s, like 1987. The the anesthesia will make some with someone with dementia go farther into dementia. And you know what? I read that in what you wrote to me, and I didn't know that. But it makes sense. But then I was thinking, wow, I've had anesthesia so uh, uh, for various times in my life. And I'm thinking, wow, it probably affected uh, our ability to think. If it, it, if it affects somebody with dementia, it obviously affects somebody who has a clear mind, too. And uh, I think that's not a good are, thing. There are some um, 
some anesthesias that can give people temporary memory loss. Or, mm -hmm. I don't think it's the norm, and I'm sure, look, 30 years, things have changed. Things yes. have gotten better. Right. But we kind of had to sneak her in and get that surgery before anybody really realized that I didn't have power of attorney. And wow. it's still kind of a traumatic thing to think about. Right. But um, so, yeah. so uh, after that, it, it, she eventually she passed away. And uh, about five years later, about five years yeah. later. And um, and so obviously in the long run, you made peace with everything and. I'm I'm a work in progress, but yeah. I, I I don't really harbor anger now. Right. I I mean I feel bad for her. Yeah. You know the life that and she your had. life and, is so good now. And my brother, you know, yeah. what, he never got to have that I have had so much. So right. I'm grateful, because you know what, we have the same mother and father, me and that brother, you know, yeah. and there. But you know, for the grace of God, it could have been me. It's just that DNA soup. Right. So I'm I'm. Very grateful, yeah. So some of it is DNA soup, and some of it is our choice. And I think that's what we're going to talk about right okay. now is Great. that, uh, first of all, you made a choice to become a doctor, uh, which is very admirable. Um, and you were a chiropractor for many years. Yes. And then how did you get interested in holistic um, medicine and also this thermography. A lot of people might not even know what thermography is. Yeah, they don't. And I want to talk about what it is and how it does work in the preventative uh, world to help us, you know, before we get a disease, as you would say, right. um, to be uh, aware of how to prevent the disease, not just be aware that we have the disease. Exactly. And that's a very important conversation for us to have today. So, what is it after you were a doctor of uh, working well, in chiropractic? I became a chiropractor because when I s started my prereqs, because then I had to go get science to get in, mm -hmm. um, I was interested in natural health and nutrition. It wasn't that I was into sports medicine or weightlifting. And chiropractic really was the first system. The first chiropractic adjustment was to restore hearing. And chiropractors were the first people that talked about diet and nutrition and clean water and hygiene. Somehow it's it's turned into sort of a back pain thing in some people's mind, but it never was. And there was nothing. I did not know that. Yeah. What do you mean to correct hearing? What does that mean? Uh, uh, Dee Dee Palmer, who was the founder of chiropractic, gave a chiropractic adjustment to the janitor of his building who was deaf, and his hearing was restored. Are you because kidding? Chiropractic, I've never heard this. Chiropractic works on the nervous system. Wow. So just like in I know, China, I had a, um, a TMJ, and I went to a chiropractor, and by adjusting my back, it got rid of my jaw pain. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but I didn't know about the hearing. Well, wow. in chiropractic, the power that made the body heals the body. So it's called innate. Like in Chinese medicine, it could be called qi. So having your nervous system in alignment is really for your general health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that's why I became a chiropractor. So I always did the nutrition, and then I incorporated mm -hmm. homeopathy and health coaching. So all you were those thinking things. the chiropractic, when you're adjusting someone, is very natural. You're not giving them. And drugs I was also and, talking about yeah. vitamins to people. And, right. Yeah. I yeah. see. So you always had that interest in always it being holistic. Exactly. So then, what expanded that? That you went and got a, a, a degree in the holistic. 
medicine? Well, my license as a chiropractor is, uh, it is a good license for holistic medicine. Oh. So there's not an additional. You got, oh, I thought you I said. I got a doctorate in homeopathy. That's what I'm talking about. But that's not a yeah. license. So oh, oh. my chiropractic is the umbrella for everything that oh, I, I do. Oh, I see. Yeah. So the doctorate in homeopathy, what does that mean? It means that I studied homeopathy for several years and I took a test and I graduated from a course so I I earned a doctorate in it but it's not like what is homeopathy homeopathy is um, energy medicine it's dilutions Mm. Um, it's like arnica do do you have ever heard of anybody hurting themselves and taking arnica for their bruising no okay (laughs) Um, it's based on um, the law of similars like heals like like people that have watery eyes and maybe a cold where Uh their eyes are watering, they would take a homeopathic preparation of onion, which would heal it. But if you took the whole onion, it would make your eyes water, something like that. It's a super fascinating field, and I love it so much. And if I could just be on a desert island studying something. Um, I do love homeopathy, but it's... Where did you study that? um, Here. It was an English... uh, college that came over to Santa Monica and we had courses. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. And so then you started to uh, to um, have both of these in your pro- in your practice. Yes. Yeah. I had a lot of things in now, my practice. <laughs> now, when did you start the thermography? So in 2006, um, I was looking for some breast screening for myself that I felt was more holistic. Mm-hmm. And ha- being a daughter... There's a lot of fear. Oh, my mother had breast cancer. You know, I, I'm charted to get that. Right, right. And, and it's, uh, you know, it's very subconscious, but isn't that what we hear all the time? It's, right. So I was looking for something, and I heard about thermography, but there wasn't really anybody doing it the way that I wanted to experience it for myself. Mm-hmm. And I researched it, and my mentor, who was a world leader, he was at Duke University at the time doing a study with thermography and rheumatology. And that's how I got into it. I went to Duke, and I learned about it, and I incorporated it in my practice. And um, I just fell in love with it because I love helping people stay well. And thermography is just, it's non-toxic. It's an infrared camera that picks up heat skin temperature mm. and it's an it's a new tool it's an additional tool mm-hmm. where people are looking at their physiology so we're looking at the very early changes instead of waiting to find out we have something we we get to make a course correction hopefully so someone comes to your office what happens with a thermography like is it a it's a camera it's a camera yeah so um, people cool down, we take their history, and then we take various pictures of them. And it's mm-hmm. their skin, so they take their little top off. Mm-hmm. And um, we have our... Now, is this for any kind of cancer, just for breast cancer? Well, it's or? not for cancer, it's for health. For health, yeah. okay. So it could detect... But we do full body scans. Okay, so a full body scan might show... What types of things? Well, let's say you had old root canals and you didn't even know that the infection or inflammation was under that. Mm -hmm. Let's say you had headaches, 
but you could never figure out what it was. And we may see inflammation in the sinuses or your neck is tight mm -hmm. or there's heat around your jaw. Right. It's a tool to help people further investigate. Some people, let's say they have pain in their elbow. They had an MRI. There was nothing there. Right. So the thermography could show, oh, it could be a pinched nerve. It could be coming from your shoulder, your brachial plexus. It just helps people yeah. fine tune their pain right. because an x-ray can't see pain, right? right? And so most people that come to you, it's because they have some sort of pain and they don't know where it's coming from, like mm, a headache? No, or mostly people come oh. because they want to be healthy and be pro proactive. Yeah. And that's the people that I want to see. Right. I want to see people to help them stay well. I'll give you an example of somebody mm -hmm. that, I mean, I've scanned thousands now, okay. but, and you know, people have so much fear and I don't want them to wait and go in for that mammogram to find something out if we could help them before that. Right. And we're not saying people don't do their conventional screenings that they want to do. Right. But so one woman came in and she came once and we got, we do what's called a thermal fingerprint of the breast. We scan once and we scan three months later in the first year. And everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Since she came back a year later, but she had had a change. Nothing should change your thermal fingerprint. Mm. And she had had a twin sister that had already had breast cancer. Oh. So, okay, you need to clean up your diet. Maybe go have conventional imaging to make sure there's nothing yet. No, she went. She had a mammogram. She didn't have a problem. But yet it kept on changing. Wow. So she was able to make dietary changes, lifestyle changes, start exercising, doing some herbs that would help to balance her hormones. And then when she came back, it was back to the original thermal fingerprint. Wow, so for that. me, look, I don't know if she would have ever gone on to be like her twin sister, but I feel like maybe she dodged a bullet. Wow. Because we want to help people stay healthy. Right. And that's what we wanted to talk about today. We wanted to talk about what can people specifically be doing that's preventative. One thing, of course, would be to have a thermography to keep a check on exactly. what's happening in your right. body. Right. Uh, but what are some lifestyle things? Like you and I were just talking about even things like makeup, uh, you know, using makeup that doesn't have toxins in it. Right. Yeah. Makeup has many makeup products have parabens, which are endocrine disruptors. Mm. Or they'll mess with your hormones and hormones will mess with your body. So wearing clean makeup, wearing clean lotions, mm -hmm. using natural soaps, using natural shampoos, not using antiperspirants that block and clog up the lymphatics in your underarm. You need those lymphatics to clean the toxins of your breast, but also your whole head and neck and your teeth. And mm -hmm. now there's so many great natural options. People don't mm -hmm. have to use that junk. We call it the crack. We got to get people off the crack. Mm -hmm. Even people that don't sweat very much yeah. will tell me that. And um, you said people get up in Toothpaste without fluoride. Right. You said people get up in the morning and within the first half hour, they've loaded up their body with toxins. Enough with for the face whole cream and toothbrush and deodorant and all of these things. Right. But there's alternatives they can be using Absolutely. that are toxic free. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And people can make their own stuff. There's a great website. It's called EWG. Wait a minute. What does that mean, make your own stuff? I would make my own deodorant or? Well, some like, people what do, you, do. What do you mean by that? You can go online, put baking soda in coconut oil. I'm not that artsy craftsy <laughs> but a lot of people do but ewg.org it's environmental working group e you can look up ewg.org environmental okay. working group you can look up 
all your products, see what's healthy. They list everything, every ingredient, the 12 foods that you shouldn't buy if they're not organic, the 12 yeah. foods that you can buy. I mean, there's so many great resources on the internet. So you're saying everything you put on your body, everything you put inside your body, like food. And your cleaning organic, supplies in your home. Cleaning supplies. Um, I think a lot of people are kind of aware. They're not really aware how it's really affecting them. But more people are getting cancer than ever. It's, isn't it? And, it's just uh, it's we, an epidemic. We need to understand it is things that we're eating and environmental. And that we all need to be changing our lifestyle. Some things we can't control, but let's control the things that we can. Exactly. Right? Like, we can't control people, but we can control what goes on. You can't on. <laughs> control people? Why didn't anybody ever tell me that? <laughs> and if people would like to get a, a, a thermography, uh, your website is pictureinside.com? Yes. 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 So if you want to look or up. Or learn more about it. Or learn more about yes. it, right. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the Thank show. Thank you so, so much, Catherine, for helping me learn about this. help empower your viewers. Thank you. Yeah. And keep doing that great work. Okay. And uh, we will be back next week, same time, same place, UBN, at uh, noon on Wednesdays. Also, of course, join us at 360karma.com. We believe that you create your fate, and we would love to have you join us to do just that. So see you next week. Make it a great one. Hugs and happiness. See you soon, Hillary. Yeah, Bye, sweetie. thank you.